Hello Rebels, before we kick off today's episode, let me ask you a question. What if we could help you unlock your marketing superpower in one day or less? Actually, to be precise, I mean three hours. Yes, you heard it right. What I'm asking you is three hours of your time to join us for a brand new intensive experience on Marketing Deep Dive. One day masterclass that will help you create marketing strategies that capture hearts and mind. And every single masterclass is going to dive deep into one of our favorite topics of marketing. Maybe that email marketing, hiring, or even automations and beyond. If you want to get the fast track ticket to become irresistible, then I suggest you check out our upcoming marketing deep dive, where you're going to get two hours of hands-on training with lots of exercises and practical group work as well. Plus one hour bonus office hours and Q&A. Oh, and we also have a personalized dashboard and bonus templates to help you apply what you learn in our three hours. And just to put a little bow on it, you also get a certificate of completion to show up wherever you can see. If you'd like to find out what is coming up next and which one is our next marketing deep dive, all you have to do is go to amschool.click slash masterclass. There you'll be able to find our schedule with our upcoming masterclass for you to join. On with today's show. Hey, Marketing Rebels, it's Fab here, your marketing BFF and head teacher at Old Marketing School, a modern school teaching you how to market to hearts. And together, each week, even if we're going to take a break because it's Christmas, baby. We'll share the freshest news tactics and insights that simply you cannot miss. And I'm going to say this week, maybe you could miss this, but you don't really want to because I'm joined by the one and only Jess Bruno to talk about our plans for 2024, which I thought was going to be a very self-indulgent conversation, but our people wanted it. So if you want it, listeners, we're going to give it to you. So we're going to cross plan. That's that's what we're seeing, like cross share all the plans and all the let. There's an element of lessons, but I think last time I had you on, we actually talked about some of the lessons. Um, And this is more like based on some of the reflections, how we're going to change and evolve and adapt. Are you ready, Jess? Oh, I'm so ready, babe. Let's bring it on. And actually, before I start with that, I want to say that if you're listening to this at time of coming now, you are probably in the Christmas spirit. And that is totally fine. That's the vibe that we want to bring in. And so much so that actually, um, I don't know how it happened. But we discovered that both of us have this thing. For me, is a second screen viewing habit. I don't know for you, but I know that you do it as well. To put the most terrible Hallmark Christmas movies that Netflix has to offer in the background and just watch them. And it's just become a thing in the last, I think, week and a half. I just caved in and I've been putting a couple on. And I love the fact that now my Netflix is telling me, do you want to watch this very gruesome slasher horror movie with plenty of death and, and blood? Or do you want to watch this lady coming out of the woodworks in her hometown with a like, childhood sweetheart? It's, it's hilarious. I love that so much. So how do you actually watch Hallmark movies? Because I remember that you mentioned it as well and it made me laugh because I felt I was a lonesome island. No, I love them. I watch them on Channel 5 in the afternoon. Then how are you spending your time off? Because you're officially off right now. So I'm off and I've been off since, let me look at my calendar because I don't know what day it is. I've been off since Monday, the 11th, last week. Oh, so basically if you're listening to this as I'm coming out, this is 
going to be Friday the 22nd. So we're looking at a longer time off in December, which I, I'll be honest, I've seen other people doing as well this year. But I remember we talked about you planning to do this way back in October. Yeah, I can't believe I'm actually doing it. This is the first time I've had a break for years that hasn't been because of illness that's been this long. This is like I'm consciously taking a break. But I'm I'm I haven't watched any Christmas movies yet because we haven't got a Christmas tree up yet because we've had some drama with the tree. Like we our one's too big for our room because we moved our room around. So we ordered another from Amazon and tree didn't come. So like I've been watching a lot of reality television and I just binge watched The Ultimatum, season one and two, The Ultimatum, the queer version, and now I'm watching Dubai Bling. It's fabulous. I just love how honestly this is the time of the year where part of part of most people's brain goes into, I just want to switch off. Give me something to switch off with. And usually we do go down the more traditional the Christmas movies route. And yes, that means die hard. And if you have a problem with me about this, dear listener, I will take any of your comments and just say, no, die hard is a Christmas movie. Thank you. Anyway. After this very strong statement, we do that as well, but I don't know why the Allmark movies have been creeping in. And obviously because it's the algorithm on Netflix is like, oh, you watched one that one day. <laughs> you want to see other 15 ones that have literally the same plot, but it's either a different job or a different town yeah. or a different guy that this person meets. Yeah. And I'm going to see if I can actually play this by the power invested by this weird editing. Let's see if we can do this. But there was a, there's a couple of reels that I sent you because it was really funny about it. And there was one that really cracked me up. So it's just about like all Mark movies and how they sound. And this is literally part of a movie. Let's see if we can play it out. Let's see if it works. It's so funny. Thanks for I was wondering if you two were coming to the Green Pine Grove Town Square Christmas Eve Festival of Lights Christmas Tree Decorating Contest finalist. It's just too funny. And it just killed me. That's literally what they are like. Mm-hmm. And then there was this reel that was kind of remixed with it, which was like brilliant. I'll see if I can put it in the show notes, whether somebody actually kind of like takes the piss out of it. And the thing is that they're not rocket science. They're literally the same, the same plot again and again. But that's what my heart needed at the moment. I just needed somebody to remind me that I can go to the Christmas gala, wet t-shirt contest, like festival. It, it was just kind of what my heart needed. So that's that's where I'm sitting. And it kind of like funny because what I want to talk about today was on top of this, obviously planning for 2024. So I feel that's part of my recharging brain scenario. And I want to ask you how you have been starting to think about 2024, because for me has been different elements of strategy and or changes and whole systems. I've started to question and think about what I'm happy about and what I can change. Instead of having this huge download of this is all the things that I'm going to do or not do or change. I think in the last six weeks, there's been a lot of trickling down of, mm. hmm, maybe I'm going to change this or hmm, maybe I'm going to do that. How, how has it felt for you planning for the new year or looking at what the new year is going to look like? I always get a lot of doubt before planning for a new year. And I, I felt the exact same last year. And I, it doesn't mean it's not true, but when I'm in a place of pause and I try and plan, really makes me scared and I think all of the horrendous things like no one's gonna want to work with me who am I and it really gets me down so I guess uh, yeah I felt I felt like a huge 
array of things. But I think the one thing that I'm really feeling right now is fear. This time of year is very is very common for people to go one or two ways. Next year, they kind of close their doors or they continue growing. And there's nothing bad with either side of things. I'm definitely going to keep growing. I don't want to close the business, but it's been really making me think like I can I can resonate with people who decide to close their doors. And I, I keep seeing these posts come up on my feed. People saying like, it's been a wonderful X amount of time, but we're going to close the doors. This is the last time you can work with us. And it's really like, I saw a surge of it last year and I'm seeing a surge of it again. And I'm like, I mouthed it really. <laughs> I yeah. yeah. I was, I was in microphone, but I was, cause I've seen it, but I've seen it more throughout mm-hmm. as in just throughout the year. Like throughout the, the year as well. Yeah. This year, you know, a lot of people, especially I think probably like in our circles, like we've seen them close doors, change businesses, go to working at employee job, nothing wrong with that. But just seeing it happen, and I feel like we're like the OGs here. Like, still, as I still represent. Actually, I was having a chat with Kivon, who was on the podcast twice and was on a podcast recently as well. And what was really interesting as well with my like final, well, the conversation that wasn't on the podcast was just like a normal conversation. But if you listen to any, excuse me, podcast with Kivon, you will know about what we talked about and how he's really open about his journey. So I'm sure he will not mind me saying that both of us were actually thinking, well, Yes, we have seen that too. I just want to validate and repeat what you said. There has been a lot of people trickling back and a lot of people actually shifting direction or closing their doors, etc. But also what's been interesting is that then when people ask me as well, how has been your journey in the last 10 years? It's going to be 10 years in self-employed business next year. Mm-hmm. So 10 years in business. And I've had lots of moments. This year, I think, has been the only year in a long time where I had the second Maybe, okay, more than a second, a couple of weeks where I was like, do I really need to find another way? Mm. Problem is then I was having a very honest conversation with my husband and I just said, the problem is, is a good thing and a bad thing. I generally am pretty good at managing my time. I'm really good at doing what I do. It was a drought because of external circumstances that meant that everything changed very quickly for me. Mm. Uh, at a certain time this year where I had to figure out what am I going to do next because I lost a lot of things around me. And for a second, I was like, do I actually need to get a job job? That's what people call it. And I realized that over 10 years, actually, I've had some moments where I have had struggles, but I've always been like, okay, what can I do? How can I pivot? How can I do things differently? How can I, you know, and I'm going to be very honest here. How can I look for opportunities to help people if anybody needs a project done? And I've never been shy of doing that. I've never been ashamed of doing that. I'd rather do that than stop doing what I'm doing. I'd rather change. And I think that's been one of the things for me. So I 100% hear that fear and I love that you're mentioning it because I think for a lot of people, this can be also a very real thought. What has prevented me from having this more than maybe the kind of few times that I remember has always been the idea that, yes, I could always find plan Z if I really wanted to. But what can I do instead? What are all the other options that I can try instead before going to plan Z to make things work? And that has meant closing down a business and changing it. Obviously, with creative impact to yeah. marketing school. But that's how I always thought. And I think it's just a mentality and a mindset thing, which means that's how I survived for 10 years because I haven't been growing for 10 years. I've been going up and down for 10 years. I've closed the business as well on top of it. So I hear what you're saying. And I'm sure there are going to be some listeners that are sitting where you are sitting. And there might be some listeners that resonate with me where they're like, I actually know that I want to keep doing what I'm doing, 
and I'm just going to find a way to get it done because I cannot see myself being anybody else. Whether you are employed, whether you are a consultant, whether you are a small business owner, I think that's a really interesting time for that type of reflection. I am not going anywhere. Like I, I just because of my body and my health, like I do, I will not go and work for someone in like an employed position. Like if I need to, I will. Like I have no shame in going and getting a job somewhere. Like, but I really, really don't want to. So, and not that I'm anywhere close to needing to do that anyway. It's just a huge wave of imposter syndrome coming over me. Like I really don't. I'm in a really privileged position. I've got a thriving, I've got like three, two, two businesses under my umbrella. And I'm like, they're both doing great. The membership and my one-to-one, like I'm really doing very well in business. But still this time of year makes me doubt everything. You always think the grass is greener. But that being said, among with all like the scaries and the imposter syndromes, I have got some like exciting plans for next year. I've made like mainly focused on Q1 allocation and I've roughly looked at Q2, uh, 3 and 4. But yeah. What is the thing you're most excited about then? I'll tell you. Tell me. Tell you. So I've sp- spread out my goals into sales, growth, marketing and team. And so sales are what I need to sell in that period. And this is the thing. I'm not putting hard numbers on my sales because that's always scared, like been difficult for me. I used to be like, I need to sell 10 spots. I need to get three one-to-ones. No, I've just put sales and what I'm going to be selling in that period. That's different for me. Don't know how it's going to plan out, but we'll see what happens there. So in January, I'm focusing on one-to-ones. In February, I want to do another in-person event by the content club. I want to do like a Valentine's Day speed networking thing, which will be cute. Um, I'm going to try and do it with, I like networking again, but we'll see. We will see. In March, I'm going to start another group program and then the sales period kind of stops. So that's my sales for Q1. Onboard some more one-to-ones, do the event for the content club, open the circle, but I'm not putting numbers on queues. I am putting numbers on the entire year and I'm giving myself the year. So like I want to have 300 members in the content club by the end of the year. Right now we've got 95. So like that isn't a number that's too scary. Not all of them are paying. I'll tell you that. Some of them are my clients. Some of them are like people that I've worked with and collaborators, but just that's a good year goal for me I think I've got a monetary goal mainly for tax purposes but that's all I'm that's all I'm thinking about right now like I'll be really transparent I don't want to go over the 80k threshold like my client base are not in the the place where they can I can feel comfortable charging them 20% extra more money right now just so I don't want to put 20% extra on it so I want to stay under 80k a year that's what I'm doing growth I've added in that I want to I've got some numbers I want to hit on like follower numbers and I've got just I want to keep growing it to I know to grow the content club I need to get some more eyes on my Instagram and my TikTok or wherever I want to choose to be so I want to start growing those places as well then I've got marketing goals from collaborations to workshops and I've got a team goal where this next year I would love to 
onboard some admin support. I will see what that looks like. I haven't got a dead, hard deadline on it. I just want to see if I'll make it by somehow this year to bring on some kind of tech. I need a tech between me and my clients because of the amount of people that I support right now. From my one-to-one girls to the membership, I just get a lot of emails asking tech questions like, can I change my card details? Um, can you help me with this payment? Can you let me know how to use this? Like, it's getting, it's annoying me. <laughs> I, don't want, I want there to be an in-between between me and the tech and the client. I just want to be focused on client support, client love, client support, client love, and not have to worry about the invoicing and chasing people and all that kind of stuff. Like, I've got systems in place that do it for me, but you, there is some, like a human touch that's needed there. So I would love to get some support there too, because that shit really stresses me out. I think that's my plan. That's amazing. You, you've been very thorough. So that's actually very interesting. I love all of that. And I'm definitely going to go a bit deeper into that. What I want to say as well is that the way that I'm going to share my plan is very different. <gasps> it's actually very different from yours. And it's kind of interesting to see how as different people, we actually look at plans differently. Um, but I, I love, love yours. That. And I'm obsessed with the fact that also you have targets that are kind of longer term for the year instead of quarters that, that we both resonate with. For me, my words of the year, which I've said every single time on every single forecast show in the last three weeks, is less but better. So you will see a lot of that when it comes to what, what I'm doing. And I think that's how my plan reflects that. So it's interesting to see how different they are. Also from the fact that I have... Um, mapped out in one way the whole year you can't see the face there is a like a oh damn face uh shall i explain a bit more about that i'm quick i'm like on the edge of my seat she's gonna roll down (laughs) she's gonna tumble down the seat it sounds more um more drastic or maybe also more ocd than what it actually is like type a fab comes out but the reason why I actually mapped it all year is just from a very uh, top level business calendar. What I mapped is all the drops because aside from one class that I'm still waiting for us to finalize, we recorded in the last quarter of the year, one, two, three, I'm looking at three, three extra plus a fourth one, if happens, masterclass with the guest teachers. So those I haven't really released them. So they're going to come out next year. So I wanted to plan where they're going to come out to spread them out. And because of that, that already eats up, if you think about it, there's like three plus a fourth that I recorded a while back, which is evergreen, so it doesn't matter, but it still needs to be released because we haven't edited yet. So we already have four class plus potentially a fifth for next year as a masterclass. So as you can see, that means I want to spread them out. So I already need to plan that. And then on top of that, obviously, we're going to try and plan the bigger cohorts, right? And because of that, then the year has been slightly mapped. Plus, I'm doing a couple of bigger events next year. So I'm also going to be away from home for a couple. Like for one of them, I'm going to be almost for a week to do a, a speaking gig. So that also obviously means I need to know where I'm going to do the cohorts. And also I've got two weddings next year. So personal life. On both of which I am one of the, like, the team bride, which means a lot of obviously admin that needs to be done around those weeks. I needed to be organized for that. But within that... What I'm going to say is that then, so that's what I've done on a top level. That's that. Most of the planning has actually been about the less but better. So I've been asking myself, how can I look at what I've experimented? And I experimented heavily this year. And I mean, like 
if you were to listen to some of the conversations, even the just you and I had, I threw so many things at the wall, not pasta though, because it makes me angry, the analogy, and see if we're stuck. The Italian to me is like, we don't throw pasta at the wall, God damn it. Maybe you do, but we don't. But I threw a lot of things at the wall to see what... Just got to nibble it a little bit. That's all you need to do. Just get one out, give it a little bite. Save the pasta. Girl. And put, uh, and put um, salt in your water, please. And thank you. Thanks. Not oil. Do not put oil in your water. I don't know who told you to do that. Probably somebody on TikTok. I love TikTok, but no. <laughs> some of the pasta skills that you see on TikTok, some of the pasta making skills really made my, my blood grow. It's like, what are you doing? But it's okay. And I'm, and I'm not the kind of person that will be, honestly, a food snob. If you go to an Italian restaurant that they try to do their best, so there's a bit different, I'm not going to be you know, like cooking up a faster doing drama. But some of these things are like, you know, the oil or cooking the pasta in the oven with some sauce instead oh, of... Oh, please no. don't. Please. You know what I mean? Please don't. I mean. <laughs> Those are the things. Where was I? Oh, yeah, things just stick. I was thinking, how did we get there? This is my brain, by the way, everybody. So things, they're stuck. And I was looking at them and saying, what can I keep doing? So going back to what you mentioned about your events, which will be our in-person event, we tried the online events. That's what we have kind of expanded more as more of a form of lead generation. So I'm going to tell you, so these are, for example, the plans. One plan was, okay, how can we grow the podcast more, even if we have been growing it this year, 50% actually throughout the year, which was, I wouldn't have seen a month by month. I wouldn't have, it's, it's minimal month by month. But actually, again, throughout the year, I looked at the stats and it said 50%. And I was like, how can I do things smartest, less but better, right? And the events are going well. They are all bringing, aside from the odd ones, maybe that are not doing like as well as I would like. I want to say one thing, if anybody also is doing online events, there is uh, people that do webinars that are especially in that kind of cycle of being consultants or coaches and the webinars into like 400, 500, 600 people. Obviously, that's great numbers and we all want to kind of strive to that. But I think that there is then that pressure to look at every single thing that you do has to have the kind of number of signups. And then I was actually guest speaking at some events for other people within the space that have, you know, recurring events themselves. And so I was kind of like, hi, oh yeah, I'm speaking at this. How many people have we got signed up? And it was really interesting to see some huge companies actually having around 40 people or 50 people. And they'd be like, this is actually usually a pretty good turnout. And I think that's the thing. It's great to have higher numbers if you do. Kudos. But sometimes you feel you shouldn't even put the effort in if you only get 20 people. And I felt almost ashamed to have our guests and say, hi, guest teacher, we're only going to have 25 people. But then I had to reframe it and just be like, our audience, though, that shows up. First of all, we have 50%, 50 to 60% people actually show up live, which to me is huge because usually the bar is very low. And also a lot of them are, you know, they tend to be recurring. So they're actually really nice. They're really engaged. They get really excited. They answer questions. And I'm like, it's still... In the grand scheme of things, even if it's a small event, it's still 30 people, for example, that said, I'm actually going to watch this or I'm going to actually come to this and I'm going to learn something new. To me, it's a win. And I think I had to remind myself that it makes sense from a strategy to continue doing this and stop being so hard on myself and be, why can we not get 150 people for each event? We'll get there, most likely, as we grow. But it doesn't mean that just because I got 20 people that the event is not worth a while, especially when they are really good quality. In order to do them better, the other thing that we're going to do. So we're going to keep on doing them, do only 30 minutes. So cutting the time on all of them, 30 minute workshops. We're going to obviously offer them for the student community anyway. And then like for other people, they can still sign up. There's a limited number of signups. 
that is like public, but there are them as well. And then what we are going to do as well, which is the main different difference, excuse me, is that we're going to have interviews for the podcast that are going to be live. So not our chats, like our chats are still going to be recordage. But we have lots of podcast interviews that come out every other week. If you're yeah. a loyal listener, you'll know. We're going to do them live going forward. So I have a huge backlog, by the way. So we're actually going to slowly introduce it and test it. But we want to do it live, stream potentially on YouTube. We're going to test it once again. You still have to test when you try something a bit new. Test it on YouTube and see how it works with obviously chats and all that. Yeah. And do it that way. It becomes an extra event. We really want to foster a perception of community around what we do with the school more and reinforce it so that people don't want to join what we do. Therefore, saving time as well, creating something of value, getting people to show up more, repetition, it just made sense. And that's one of the less but better things. So that's the first thing. Talked a lot. But that's the first element. This is the strategy from a content and leads and visibility perspective. That's what we're going to look at. And then we also have the huge change that we're going to do on a business model level. But I wanted to just kind of stop it. Her eyes widened hugely. Uh, but before I'm going to get to that, yeah, I wanted to hear your opinion, actually. First of all, obviously, on what I mentioned as well, but also mm. on that perception as well of growth. Because going back to what I said about the events, I love the fact that we can talk about the big numbers, but I feel that especially when you're planning the year, then if you don't actually give yourself the grace to be a bit more realistic and or to push you, but also to be mindful of the reality, you're never going to do it. I probably would have stopped doing events if I hadn't been, actually there is growth. We're starting small, but when I start small, they not do it at all. Yeah, 100%. Like the numbers are the hardest thing. I just hosted an event inside of, the content club about business planning for next year and just kind of walk them through it and we got to the metrics of it all and I said this holds a really emotional place for a lot of small business owners and creatives because these numbers have a, a weight over us they they make us feel a kind of way so you have to give yourself grace with these numbers because they're going to make you feel bad you're going to you're going to compare yourself to whoever you're comparing yourself to. And yeah, right, get dreamy as fuck. Like write down these numbers that you want to hit. Like go for it. You can do anything because I truly believe that everyone can do everything. But the timing isn't always there. You're not going to do something on someone else's timeline. And it's always been a struggle for me personally to see people that I started with at the same time, like fucking kill it. I, I'm so proud of them. I love seeing them do it. I love seeing them kill it. I love seeing all the amazing things they're doing in business. But I'm like, damn, what is wrong with me? Why are they so far ahead of me? But I, I often say this to my partner. He's like, Jess, like, your life's been fucked for the last two years. Like, so many things have happened to you. How do you expect to like do it? And then I'm so I'm really honing in this like. Your, your time will come. Everyone's timeline is different. Success isn't linear. Success isn't. And also the people that I'm putting on a pedestal, they also have people in their own pedestals and they're thinking exactly the same as what I'm thinking about someone else. So coming back to the metrics and the numbers and the tracking and from event attendees to follow accounts, like it has, of course, it has a huge impact on your business. Of course, more numbers are better, but the numbers that you already have are incredible. The fact that people are already here, be it one or just like five or 50, it doesn't matter. So, and I found like when I can start appreciating the numbers I've got, 
it really helps me grow. Thank you for mentioning that. I will do like a little happy dance. <laughs> happy dance is coming. Happy Christmassy dance. So there's Brian ahead. But anyway, why I love this is because just like I was, you said to yourself and just like I was saying to me and explaining to you why my plan and the rationale behind it. I had this conversation with a client the other day about the same thing. I was like, if you get three people for the first event that you have a host, these are three people that are actually going to be there live listening to you and taking the time and honoring what you have to say. And once again, when I started doing events again, that's what I said. I said, I got five people. I don't care. I'm going to give, that's my ethic, ethos anyway, when it comes to work. I'm going to give these five people everything I've got and more and some, because there are five people that chose us over anything else they can do in that hour or half an hour. And I think that's one of the things that you mentioned now as well, that I just wanted to reiterate. It's easy as marketers, if you're looking at the marketing side of things, whether you're a marketer or not, to think about growth because marketing is about acquisition as well, right? Which means growth, bringing new people in. But then I think also about the retention and the community building and relationship building. And that doesn't happen unless people choose you. And being very Honest, there is the power also in building relationships at scale instead of yeah. having that viral hit, which yeah. means you've got thousands of people looking at you, but it's going to be harder for you to connect with all of them. Obviously, when things happen slowly, you build the systems to do that. But that's why I'm happy with, you know, slow and steady, as long as there is that growth and there is that lessons and that learning. Um, so thank you for mentioning that because you're right, it's a, it can be emotional. And that's why a lot of us shy away from it. We do metrics every single month also inside our student community I get people to kind of write down their metrics and their resistance and I'm like it's okay save space for you to look at it look at it as a way to kind of surprise yourself or ask mm -hmm. yourself questions because you're in that safe space and you can actually learn from it instead of just beat yourself up if the numbers are not what you think they should be you know yeah and I think that's that's really really important uh, <clears throat> so I did mention complete rehaul in the business model <laughs> Yes. Oh my God. I did probably over. This is where I clickbaited myself into it. It's not full rehaul, but there is a there is a big change in a big. You're edging me, babe. Yeah, we're just building up. <laughs> I'm building up. Oh my God, what's she gonna do? Actually, less but better. Let's go back to that point because that's linked to this again. Okay. As you said to us, if we go and listen to the latest episodes with Jess, you talked about one of the big lessons for you was burnout, being on mm. dancing with burnout. Literally, we're doing the tango, babe. You know, that, I think that you, that's, that was something that you learned this year. I remember that you mentioned it. For me, I definitely have not danced with it. I just literally, we went on a couple of dates. We just had like whole relationship and it was not a healthy one. The burnout. And that was because this year I did less, funny enough, I did less cohorts than last year, but they were longer and I did them all myself. There was no admin support this time around. They're all as me, especially the second one. And it was that realization of this, the element of me trying to give to the students as much as I could and give into the experience and also then understanding how to bridge the gap between bringing what makes us unique, which it is, and this is not me, is words of our students. Fab's energy is everything. And I was like, excellent, which is great. Very flattering. Thank you. But also obviously puts that pressure on myself. I put the pressure on myself then to be the one that brings the energy. So trying to give more of me, right? And it obviously it gives lots to the students, but I get to the end of eight weeks and I was just exhausted and I couldn't, I cannot split myself into more me. I can find other people, but obviously it's bringing that energy. There's so many things that I can do. 
And so in order to keep the school going as it is, as in focusing on the wider mission, which is actually giving more marketers the training and the confidence, but also I want us, and I'm going to say here on record, I want us to be the alternative to some of the marketing qualifications that are there. I want people to have the confidence to know that they can do that, learn what they need to learn, get out there, get their job, their clients, the project of their dreams, just as they would do with other courses, but have more fun, learn, you know, connect with more people and have timeless knowledge they can use regardless of trends, right? Which is one of the things you also help us with, with what you teach. And I just can't realistically do it or continuously do it and do it more or even to the same extent with the amount of time that I'm spending on each cohort because I can't run more than one cohort a year if I really wanted to do it. And this is where the business model has to change. And so I'm saying this publicly because then it's going to be good when actually we announce it. Um, there's not setting stone how it's going to look like. Jess can be not closer to the end right now. Jess is like, tell me more. But we're looking to go fully hybrid when it comes to the certification. And also we have another cohort as well that we're working on. So it's going to be fully hybrid. So we're not going to look at any sessions to be taught, but the elements of teaching is going to come more from a facilitation. So there's still going to be some sessions happening throughout, but it's going to be self-paced learning fully. Whereas before, there's a very open wide mouth. So basically, if you want to understand how it works, before we had sessions taught, so the actual lessons were happening, uh, we actually have a lot of this stuff already on demand anyway that complemented it. What we're going to do is move all of that sides of things on demand so that when people are coming together as a community, as a group, it's more about consolidating the learning. It's more about looking at one, some of their most relevant topics and actually do some exercises together, working on their, you know, on their brand or on the business or the projects together. And so it means less but better, less sessions, really focusing on that, less about preparation, updating and things like this. And just really being, making it also more flexible for the students. Now we can have more people in. It's easier for us to mark all the assignments because I look at every single assignment, which is like, it was three assignments. We're going to look at potentially two only. Really doing the same thing, but in a very streamlined, more breathing space solution. And also removing some of the other platforms that we're using and moving everything almost under one place. Which doesn't sound huge, but for me, it's huge. No, that's huge. Because we're stepping in. But it also means, and I'm going to say this because I'm on record, it also means that we can make the certification more affordable because, well, more affordable than a university. But nevertheless, it's not, obviously, you know, you go out and get a Starbucks or whatever. But with the amount of time, obviously paying all the teachers, 16 sessions, 17 actually sessions, I just we just couldn't afford not to at least make it the price point that it was. And now we can actually adapt to the price because that's what I want. I wanted to make as affordable as possible within the realm of the value that we provide, but I just couldn't with the costs and even just the time constraints. And now we can do that. So it feels good because then more people can join us. We can double, triple the amount of students we have per cohort. We can still do two cohorts and I'm not going to get to the end of it and just wanting to melt in a pool. Thoughts? This feels I'm so incredible. excited for you. Thank you. I'm so excited gonna be wonderful you reckon yes uh, yes it's gonna be wonderful mainly because the wealth of knowledge in there is not going to diminish like it's still going to be an incredible course but by you changing the deliverable to self-paced plus i'm guessing there'll be some like yeah you're getting together and doing exercises and stuff like 
they're still going to get that one-to-one fab energy from you, which is, I guess, what people loved the most. Yeah, I think this is such a good business move for you. And the reason why I wanted to share that, and thank you so much, that means a lot, is because it goes back to what I said at the beginning, right? Like not having, not having that, you know, not necessarily having the fear of, or even like the imposter syndrome of like, you know, everybody leaving or everybody stopping their business. But I have that weight that I feel sometimes when I'm just like, things are not working the way they are. I should change them. But I feel guilty about changing them because I want to give people everything I've got. So that Mm -hmm. is my, and every single time I go out of my own way and be like, your changes so that you can continue to do what you're doing. Instead of not being able to do it anymore because you just don't, you just don't have the energy, you can't get out of bed. Mm -hmm. And then somebody who lives with depression, some days they just cannot get out of bed anyway. Mm -hmm. So I just had to be kind of, giving the grace to myself to grow. And if we want to grow, that's what we need to do. So that element of planning for me, hopefully can be a lesson for anybody who's listening to be sometimes you have to, you know, dig deep and ask yourself, how can I do things in a way that serves me and my people best, but also allows me to keep on going, allows me to keep showing up. And it might be that what is stopping you is not even your people, it's not even, you know, the clients or the users or whatever they are. It's actually the fear of making that change and not knowing what's going to be the uncertainty of the unknown. So, you know, but it has been what has had me surviving even when things were tough. Being able to change and shift and be always be open and be, you know, that's what I'm talking about on a podcast. And then what we're going to write about the change and the shift. This is what's changing and this is why, and this is how it's actually going to make things better for you. I think that's really important as well to explain how it's going to benefit your audience. Um, But it can be scary at first because, you know, I don't want to let people down. That's what my little inner chatter is at first, you know. I'm proud of you. Well done. Thank you. I feel this became a really, a really honest conversation from both sides. Yeah, really honest. What I what on your words are for twenty twenty four, based on what you talked about a bit, based on what I think that you've seen and that you've been planning so far, is there any words that come up for you? I don't know. Like my words for twenty twenty four, honestly, like and I what I've been saying to myself, I guess not words, but like affirmation or like no words. I want my business to feel safe, calm and growing that's what I want my business to feel like and I want the vibes to be colorful fun bubbly and happy and I'll know that I'm achieving this I'm reading this because I've got this all written down I know that I'm achieving this if I'm taking active time off like I'm doing now I've got a screen time off weekends off holiday book holidays booked and no no guilty feelings for for being present for not being present because I've like I've just been present for the last three years. I've been always on. I've been con- completely on. It's so hard for me to stop. So yeah, next year is big growth, but also big downtime. I love that you actually had that sentence written down. It's kind of, as I said to you, is this less but better Yeah. for me? It just came back again and again. So it's a lot shorter than what you said, but it kind of goes back to how I want the business to feel. Yeah. For me, and then, because then you think about it, it's from both of our sides, right? It's for us, but it's also for our audience or customers or clients or users or members or whatever that might be. We want it to feel this way for us, so then for them, it can feel colorful, fun yeah. and bubbly. 
And for me, like the big questions that I'm going to keep myself asking, so instead of an extra long sentence, I have the short sentence. And then the questions that I'm going to keep myself asking is, what can I do 1% better? In the different areas, just like I explained to you today, dear listener, some of the things that we're changing to make them better, to make them more efficient and easier and, you know, to look at what's been working. What can I do 1% better? And whenever I get myself into that rut is asking myself, based on what I experienced, especially with the series of burnouts, did I rest well enough to do my best work? This is what I want to ask myself whenever I go through like a big stint or whenever I'm working towards something big, I want to stop and say, okay, you did this. Now, how can you rest well enough to then do your best work? And I think mm-hmm. this is really where, where I want to sit into 2024. I'm excited for us. Same. Look at us. I'm so excited. So dear listener, what, what are your words? What are the questions that you can ask yourself? What are the adjectives, fun, uh, and nouns that you want to attach to your marketing, to business, whatever that might be that you're looking at, or even just the way that you work? You know, maybe just like, how do I want to approach work going forward? That's what, that will be my final question and reflection to you to think about. And before we leave, after a very honest, very thorough episode... So thank you for listening. You asked for it. So, hey, hey, I'm going to just put my hand up. Where can people reconnect with you as soon as you're back from the holidays, Jess? Because obviously you're on holiday now, but... I am. Come and say hi to me on Instagram. Come drop me a DM at jessica.sophia.bruno. And if you've listened to this episode, tell me, just so we know. It'll be nice. It'll be fun. Yeah, just let us know. Let us know what you think. Let us yeah. know about at you as well. I think that's really important. Anything that resonates with you, they like. I'm actually glad with this too. We would love to hear that. Yeah. And thank you. I want to say thank you to you, Jess, because you have joined us in this wonderful journey of conversations, uh, and we are continuing to do that. So I'm really, really grateful for you. I'm grateful for the listeners, dear listeners. I said it on a podcast panel that will come out as a bonus episode because we're gonna have a long break for the roundups. So I'm going to say again, that I want to thank our amazing uh, listeners because actually just on Spotify, talking about numbers, right? I actually was so humbled. It's only 11 people. So, it, you know, it's small. But to me, it's 11 people in the whole wild world, on Spotify at least, they have us as their top number one podcast. That's all, huge. You know? And you're like, it's only 11 people. I'm like, no, no, it's 11 people. That's amazing. They said, you know what? On Spotify... I'm going to listen to you every single time. So dear listeners, thank you. Regardless of wherever you are in that scale and whichever platform you choose to use for podcasts, we appreciate you listening and sharing the journey with us because it means a lot. And especially at this time, whether festive times are super exciting or they can be a bit overwhelming, it really does depend. I want to say that more than ever, be kind to yourself and others. And yes. I'm going to have to say it, even during the festive times, remember that true marketing speaks to hearts and not just mind. And until next year, yay, next year, as always, class dismissed.